everybody. Welcome to Caddy Chat with Jake and Josh in conjunction with Leppy Duels, episode 30.5 is what we're calling this one. Um, we've got a fantastic guest lined up here shortly uh, with some unique discussion topics. One very local to Michigan, so everybody, all our fans here in Michigan, um, stay tuned for that one that's coming up here momentarily. Speaking of Michigan, though, we had uh, one of our top performers and friends of the show, Mr. Andrew Marweed, uh, show out on the other end of the country this yeah. weekend, Josh. Yeah, the other end meaning the south end. Yeah, Florida. He was at the uh, 2023 Lake County Trailblazer driven by Innova Pro Weekend. And uh, he shot a phenomenal set of rounds. Uh, beating Joseph Anderson just by two strokes at the end of the day. Um, they, so they're playing at uh, Lake Hiawatha, Hiawatha Preserve down there in Florida. And uh, so, yeah, Andrew averaged 1039 golf. Pretty, pretty solid. Pretty fantastic. And that final <laughs> round was a course record 14 under 1063 rated round of golf. To take the cake. Because what did yeah. uh, what did Joe Anderson shoot that final round? Yeah, Anderson on the third round shot a ten under. So Andrew was two behind going yep. into that round, shot a course record and beat him by two. So four stroke swing by the end of that uh, by the end of that round. Impressive close yeah. in the final round to win that thing. So yeah, well done, Andrew. We appreciate you. <laughs> So good stuff from uh, Andy Marweed. Yeah. Um, let's get into uh, our our discussion topic for the day. We're pulling two um, discussions from our debate topics from Leppy Duels last week. And the first one has to do with Am States. So let's bring in Zach O'Haran. Zach, welcome to the show. Zach, last week on the Leppy Duels episode, you actually didn't get to talk about the first discussion topic. So Josh and I are going to let you take the floor here. We want to talk a little bit more in depth about Michigan Amateur State Championships getting moved from a B tier to an A tier for the first time after being marketed for so long as the world's biggest B tier. What are your thoughts on uh, on that change? Yeah, I think it's a really good upgrade for our state. Um, I think players... Are encouraged. I think players are excited about being an A tier. Uh, there's more requirements from the community to set up this type of event for an A tier. Uh, they have the support to do that. I think it's a positive move in the right direction. I know that uh, state championships in some adjacent states next to us are not A tiers. I don't think most of those are B tiers or C tiers. So uh, I think this is a really good move for uh, Michigan as one of the top disc golf states. Um, I just don't see a downside to this at all. Like I said, the local people are really excited about it. I know like it's more prestigious now. Um, I'm really excited to see how the fans and how the players will like embrace this next year. I'm excited to see if they change anything with format too, but uh, I think it's a really good move. All right, Josh, now that you've heard kind of what Zach had to say, you've had time to think about it yourself. What's kind of your thoughts on the whole deal? Oh, I'm excited about it as well. Um, I played it a few years in a row now, and the one thing I've said every year is, why isn't this an A tier? Uh, so I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it play out. I don't know if you've seen on Facebook, 
um, some of Matt's other comments about states in the next few years. So there's a lot of good changes coming. Um, and I'm really, I'm really excited about it. I think uh, for me, as just your average Joe amateur player, um, I don't see a downside either other than, you know, it might cost a few more bucks because uh, it tends to be a little more expensive to play in an A-tier event. Mm-hmm. But when I'm thinking about playing a state championships, I know it's going to cost some money. I know it's going to be some driving. I know it's going to be a commitment. And uh, for the quality of the event, it's well worth it for me. So, Zach, you, the word you used in there was prestige. Um, we've talked about it on Let Me Duels a little bit, comparing USDGC to like a world's. You know, where's the prestige difference? We talked about it with throw pink women's compared to Mm -hmm. U.S. women's. Um, That word prestige gets thrown around a lot. So I guess my question to both of you is what changes between the B tier and the A tier to really raise that prestige other than the letter designation? Sure. So some of it has to do with the setup, how much money is involved, like we have to acknowledge too that in order for them to get an A tier status here, they have to be established as a B tier. They have to be recognized as not having many complaints or any complaints at all. Um, they have to have tour quality in order for them to do like certain things like that. So th- that means that the staff, the community, the area has done a good enough job in the past to get that upgrade to begin with. Um, the event itself as an A tier will draw in more competitors as well. Uh, I think this will become a more premier event for amateurs that are in the other neighboring states so we'll see more people i think from indiana and from ohio and maybe from other areas also venture to this event now it's an a tier um so i think prestige wise i think the level of competition is going to go up i think the course quality and care will also increase um not that the courses will necessarily change a whole lot but like certain requirements are needed for an a tier so they have to have certain things painted flags stuff like that so all those things will match and i think the community is really buying into that um just like wanting to get to that level so i think all those things will kind of add an extra element it'll be kind of become the amateur premier event in michigan um, you know, every, a lot of AMs are excited to play D-Glow every year because D-Glow pros come into town. I think this will be like the next best or even compete with that a little bit. So um, I think that's how it's going to add prestige, bringing more competition, uh, more care from the envir- like from the groups and organizing bodies. I think it's really good. Well said. Josh, anything to add there? Yeah, well, that brings up another one of my point. Another part of that question on Lepi Duels was uh, the splitting of the pros and the AMs at River City and CCR. Yep. Um, but again, as an average Joe amateur player, Zach brought up something in regard to D-Glow that's near and dear to my heart. I miss having the pros at States. Um, and I would be sad to not have the pros at RCO. So I'm interested from, from your perspective, why this is a good move for me. Like I hear the stories about when the pros used to be up in Ludington Labor Day weekend with all the amateurs and there were special events and there were meet and greets and there were schmoozing and there were games and it was a fun time hanging out with the pros. And I wish I could have experienced that. So the idea of taking a step in the other direction being a good thing, I don't understand. So I would, I would love it if you guys could help explain to me why separating those is a good thing for me as an amateur player to not be able to be around the pros that I look forward to seeing every year. Zach, you want to touch on that one? 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I think that there's there's going to be good and, t- and bad for both of those situations. So uh, in the good side from like what it sounds like what you're explaining here is that you're already in an event. There's pros playing at that event. You get to experience, be around those pros while those things are happening at the same time. We know like so working for Crew 42, owning Crew 42, I got to film states in 2019. Gosh, it's been a while. Yeah, 2019 when it was last up in Ludington. So we filmed the extra skins match afterwards. Um, we did all those things. And that, that's a lot of fun. Um, a lot of, you know, amateurs came out to that event. But we know that the pros had desires and they had things they wanted for the event uh, for them in particular that were difficult for the tournament staff to meet. Uh, while those two things were happening simultaneously. And so I think that disc golf is moving in this direction where they want to split them a little bit. So like in River City and CCR, I think the goal or the hope is that since players that are normally competing the event that can't go watch necessarily uh, the tournament is going to have more availability to do so now. Um, I think that, and like I said, the last couple of years, we've seen more money thrown at the pro purse at States. We've seen the States courses, um, you know, change according to what their desires are in the future. We're going to see them continue to voice what they want. doesn't mean that it's been perfect. Um, I, if we could get a world where they can coexist and everything is perfect, that'd be awesome. But uh, I think that the needs between the amateurs and the pros are different. Uh, and I think that they're trying to explore this as an option to see if they can satisfy both parties at the same time, give the amateurs enough time to go watch the pros on their own time uh, since they're not happening at the same time. I think that's kind of the one of the goals that they're going for there. Okay. So, so that one I certainly understand, being able to go watch the pros play. Um, so I'm not competing at the same time they are. But what, what do you mean by they have different needs that can't be met when the two are playing together? What sure. needs? So like What's an in, example of that? Yeah, yeah. So like in Ludington, for example, like pros wanted more added cash. And if you're raising funds for the tournament, um, just in general, for thinking about like um, – if you're raising funds, you're going to split it amongst the divisions. And so they, they pros wanted more added cash for their division for that purse. Um, that's in the desire to bring in bigger names into the tournament. Uh, we got turned into an A tier. In fact, uh, I'm pretty sure the next year, don't quote me on that. The first year it moved, uh, I think it went to an A tier, had $3,000 added cash, hopeful to bring in more bigger names. Uh, didn't work out because the courses weren't as elite as many of the players wanted. Uh, it then moved back down to a B tier, moved over to a Brewer. Uh, doesn't have as much added cash as anymore either. But like Brian runs a really clean event, so we still see a good number of pros. Um, yeah, I think the pros like money's a big driver. Course quality's a big driver. Um, I think some of the pros really want to have their kind of course match their skill level, and you can't always get that in the same environment. Like uh, what's the course? Leviathan up in Ludington got redesigned in some cases right because of construction stuff yep. like that yep so there were like concerns about that um it's about in five years there's another course that they played round one in 2019 um goliath uh and a lot of pros can, were concerned because it was a bit of a birdie fest um so just like those kind of concerns they're a little different than what the players in the amateur side is looking for um and so i think those are a little bit different yeah i think you touched on the course thing is is important um the pros are looking for something different than the at this point the Ludington courses provide. Um, I think sure. at at baseline that's that's where the kind of the difference the difference of viewpoint from the pros that 
were wanting to play a state championship event and that that's being provided in Ludington. Um, however, I'm, I'm from the standpoint that I'm going to, I'm going to change routes on this, this question here. Um, the, the amateur event, I have some concerns about it moving to an A tier simply for the fact that I don't know that it was run cleanly enough and they have a handle enough on the courses and the scale size of the event over these last three years, just it being amateurs to move to that A tier and see an increase in quality. I would have liked to see a year or two of, Hey, this is what the event will look like cleanly run. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely jump to an A tier and it's going to be fantastic because yeah, now you're adding more, more money um, hopefully bringing in more people, like Zach said, from, from a wider uh, geographic area because of the prestige of having the A tier versus the B tier. Um, but you're concerned they might not live up to it. I'm concerned they might not live up to it because in my opinion, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't think they lived up to the quality that um, mm. I expected in the world's biggest B tier, personally. Mm-hmm. Did you expect? 32 foot circles i mean yeah i mean that's that's one knock from this past year i mean that's it's getting slightly nitpicky but like it's true but it's true um for those Mm -hmm. of you that didn't play last year the event or weren't at the event the circles were what 20 no they were huge some of them were 29 some of them were 37 it was all all over the place place. and they weren't completely circle yeah um some of them were oblong mm -hmm. so i mean stuff like stuff like that it can't that can't happen in the a tier yeah, and if that's going by the wayside just for by quality control check now, I mean they have so many courses and players that they're trying to manage, and I get that that's a ton, but it if it's sloppily run in that aspect for a B tier, what and it's <laughs> the same group running it, what is going to change when it goes to an A tier? You know, you don't just snap into it and say, oh, now we're now we're focused on it. Yeah. Um, you don't reward your kids for bad behavior and expect them to do better next time. Yeah, so that might be a slightly mm-hmm. unpopular opinion here in Michigan because people love the state championships, but uh, that's that's kind of my concern with the whole thing. Zach, anything to add there? Yeah, the only thing I would add is that technically um, we could argue that the PDGA disagrees uh, only in the sense of saying that the feedback that they're receiving, and we can 100% argue that, you know, Amateur feedback is far and few in between. Uh, I promise you 99% of amateurs don't know how to go to the PDGA and leave feedback for a tournament, uh, which could be a, a, a considering factor, especially if you're like talking about circles that aren't painted properly. Um, and so like, compared to the pros, because every time the pro tournament happens, there's always a yes, thousand people that who is a good come point, back yep. with feedback, and which also is a de- determining factor whether or not it could stay as an A tier and stuff like that. But um, technically, as of right now, I think the PGA has recognized that they're doing well enough to earn an A-tier um, status. And I'm hoping, and I, you could be 100% correct um, in the fact that they might be having some problems here and there, but I'm hoping that because they have this new status requirements and bringing in money, all those things, uh, that we have more people in our community willing to chip in uh, in addition to the people yep. who already do. Um, and I'm hopeful that they live up to all the expectations. It doesn't mean that they will. Uh, but I certainly hope that they do, and I think that their goal is to do that, which I think is really big as well. Um, there are some, you know, people who don't strive for greatness, and if they're they're making the honest effort, I'm going to hope that they keep working that way. Yeah, I think that's me too. I think yeah. that was well said. 
Yeah, and despite our comments, don't get us wrong, we also hope the best. Mm -hmm. We we hope it right. goes really well. I hope it's a fantastic uh, state championships next year because yeah. I look forward to that every year. But playing devil's and, advocate, you have yeah. to acknowledge the concerns. Oh, for it's sure. Not, it's all yeah. just it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. Um, oh no! Are, like uh, to add to you, Jake, that comment about the circles. Actually, if you look at the coverage of Crew Forty Two Twenty Nineteen State Championships in Ludington, Josh Taylor technically putts from fifteen feet away, and according to the circle, he was outside circle. Yeah, exa yeah. exactly. So there's yeah, a lot yeah, of there's one year. circle that just looped around in the trees and it just wasn't painted properly they made a very funny very quick joke about it and he tapped it in but it was you know things like that do add up you're 100 correct you you want to fix those things make sure everything's really tight and consistent especially with the number of people competing in that event yep and that's what i'm saying it's it's not a one-off thing it's been right. little things every year like that and i i hope like you said zach and josh i hope that this a tier status locks them in and it's clean and it's awesome Polished. and it's yeah. um taken up a notch but yeah just all the little things beforehand it, mm -hmm. there's there's some concerns there and i hope they get fixed yeah me too and so going forward again too is along with that announcement i think this is public because it was on facebook that uh, mdgo is actually handing this off over the next five years and they're not going to be running it anymore. I'm interested to know what you think about that, Zach. Is that, number one, is that a good thing? Number two, who in the world in Michigan is there that can, that has the manpower and the experience to fill them shoes? Right. Um, again, it's kind of a personal experience thing. Uh, I think for a lot of people, they, I'm certain there's a hundred people out there right now going, yes, finally, I don't want them to run it anymore. And a hundred people out there that are going, oh no, they're the only ones who can do it. What are we going to do? Yeah. Um, I, it just kind of depends on who steps into the slot. I don't know a whole lot of details on who is taking on that role uh, and what that looks like yet. And so we might get a name drop, some announcements in the future that where we get more excited about it because this is a great change. Or we might see some names in the future where we're going to go, man, this A tier thing is not going to last very long because it's going to go back to a B tier. I don't think it's going to operate very smoothly. So I don't have a lot of names to drop to whether or not uh, it's a good or positive thing right now. Um, it is interesting, though, that the organization that has been doing it for so long, who has shown um, some some form of success, at least establishing the largest B tier in the world, is deciding to step away. So uh, we'll just have to see where the chips fall once those things get announced. I think manpower is the key word that you use, Josh. Yeah. All the players, all the courses that are involved in yeah. that whole experience. It, if if even if I'm to say there's some sloppy execution points it doesn't matter i mean the work that goes into it phenomenal is, is huge yep so yep. Mm -hmm. yeah you don't just show up and say yeah i'll take control of the event no you have to have the oh, hundreds throw, of volunteers in place i was gonna throw our names in the hat never right. mind jake and josh are in the hat jake and josh <laughs> in doing the it all by yourself <laughs> that's right um zach will help i'll help i'll help you guys i'll do it <laughs> Um, so that's, that's the AM States conversation. Um, unless you guys wanted to kind of talk about now it's an A tier. Is there any further discussion on the, the weekend that it's run? It's obviously historically been run on, uh, on the holiday weekend for the, for the long kind of vacation aspect. But do you think that changes now with, with the A tier or that idea going forward? Uh, I, 
I think there's two ways to think about this. I don't think it should change in terms of them having, as far as I'm aware, success in having space for that number of people in the past. So if you're still trying to maintain the numbers and keep those people continuing to come, if you have a place that does that, um, you should probably try to stay there. Because if they move it to another place, then who knows if there's enough hotels or parks or whatever that people can stay at. So yeah, it would uh, take I would a lot of planning that, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It would have to take a lot of front work in order to make sure all those things are taken care of. Um, but yeah, right now I wouldn't move it just because of the success that, you know, the, for the number of people that have continued to go every year. But, um, if you were to move it, it's going to take a lot of work, making sure everything is accounted for spaces there, um, availabilities there, things like that. No, that's a great point. And being an A tier, now it absolutely has to be three days, mm-hmm. three rounds. And so I think a holiday weekend is perfect for that. Um, other than the fact that I know some people complain about, well, now I got two four day weeks or something. I don't know. I don't remember. People complain about weird things. But uh, no, I think it's good. I like it. I don't, uh, I hate holidays. So I, I like, <laughs> I like getting away from my family during a holiday weekend and playing disc golf. All right, that came out kind of wrong. It did. It was a little, <laughs> it was a little blunt, but little... We'll, we'll take some honesty from you. Yeah. So thanks for that, Josh. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on to topic number two for uh, our time with Zach here. We got a couple minutes left. Um, building a deal for Gannon Burr. Obviously, that's the big mm. national free agency topic this off season as we wait for kind of any lead on on where he's actually going to end up signing. Um, everybody's got their thoughts. So we wanted to take a different spin on it last week. You know, if you're a manufacturer or any company, what are you doing to try and land this guy versus us just speculating, Hey, we think he's going here for this reason. So we got to hear from, um, from Seth and Brian on last week's episode, kind of what their thoughts were. So Zach, do you have your own pitch for, for Gannon Burr or do you want to kind of expand on what Brian and, uh, Seth said? So I think they both brought up two very different opinions, and I think both of them are valid. Uh, Brian was proposing a smaller, mid-level company giving a percentage to Gannon so that they can make money that way in the future because you can't offer the hard cash that like Discmania, Innova, Discraft could potentially shovel his way. So you want to give a percentage to have him invest in the company and move forward. And I think that's really smart. And I'm interested to see if any of those kind of middling companies and i don't mean that to be disrespectful just like performance based disc sales stuff like that um i'm I'm interested to see what kind of deals they're going to offer and if they can snag him because he really would be an instant success for any of those companies that would be a great pickup for them uh it would be a good financial move pretty much for everyone involved and just gannon has to determine whether or not he can make that work and then seth was bringing up the uh frank kind of left field idea that if someone um who's not in disc golf, wanted to get into disc golf, that Gannon's the person you pick up. And I think, you know, he used the examples, Franklin, uh, but it doesn't matter who. If you have any company, I mean, MVP is not specifically a disc golf company. They're a plastic company that is now dabbling in disc golf. If you have a company that has money to burn in that direction and can give him an offer to get kind of jump started in your representation of sport, that's a gr- this is a perfect opportunity to do that. Uh, I don't think... I would be shocked if I saw some of the bigger companies go for him just because we already see people like Paul getting a big 
uh, chunk of money. Ricky's getting a big chunk of money. Simon has one MVP. Uh, Eagles contract is I don't I don't know a whole lot of Eagles contract, but him and Kyle are probably owed quite a bit in the future once those get re-upped. Uh, and you probably want to keep both of them and determining whether or not you want to use the Simon money that they got to pick that up. But it's going to be interesting to see if he gets picked up by a big company. I don't think that'll happen. I think a middle company has the best uh, chance to give him kind of that Leo Messi kind of contract. Give him a percentage, see if they can pick him up. I think that'd be a smart move. I like Brian's suggestion there. Josh, I haven't gotten to hear what you think on this whole idea anyway, and obviously Zach hasn't either, or the people at home. So what are you thinking here? I, I really enjoyed both of those ideas from uh, Seth and Brian. Uh, I was telling you earlier, I'm a little more partial to Brian's idea of Gateway just because I'm a guy who throws Wizards, and I would love to see Gateway get more love having a guy like Gannon Burr. And I absolutely agree that it would do huge things for Gateway. Um, and I love the idea as well of, of Franklin, an outside company, doing something. But this is something I've been saying for years, right? We've talked about this on the podcast several times that I think one of the big shifts, one of the next big shifts that needs to happen in disc golf is outside sponsorship. So I would love it if somebody like Adidas came along and paid him a few million dollars and then he had an open bag. Um, But I don't think that's going to happen. I agree with Zach. I think it's probably going to be either a mid company or... I could see maybe Innova doing something, but probably not. I think it, I think it'll be a, one of the smaller companies. Do you think Gannon Burr and his and his mother have reached out to outside companies, or do you think if that deal is to happen, it has to be somebody? You know, we'll use Franklin for Seth's example. Do you think someone at Franklin in upper management or marketing or whoever? has to look at disc golf as a player who follows the game at least somewhat, saying, hey, Gannon Burr is a free agent. We might be able to do something special here. You know, what what side of that do you fall on? Do you think somebody's reaching out to Gannon from outside disc golf, or do you think he would have to kind of start that conversation? I think it can go either way, but I think right now with the way the sport works is that outside would have to see value and want to get in. So to like your point, talking about Adidas, Adidas isn't going to do that. And I'm not like, like no, no, arguing about it. Example. Just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Adidas is not going to do that because of the fact they probably are looking at the financial numbers or looking at the representation and they don't see the value in it currently. Yeah. If they see a huge explosion in the sport, we're getting 50,000 people watching our live coverage every single time. They see millions of dollars going into contracts that to people who are not Paul Macbeth, right? Yeah. You're getting the the middling pros are getting, yeah, I get 100K a year for playing disc golf. Okay, now we have money. You see the purses coming out. It's like, all right, you won D-Glow, you win $150,000. When those things become more normal, Adidas might go, okay, there's a little bit of money here. We can probably pick up a couple million, million or whatever. Uh, you'll see them wanting to get in the sport, representing with their clothes or their brand or whatever. But right now they don't, you, those companies are going to have to see disc golf and see a value there. So like Franklin's in my, in my mind, kind of a smaller company compared to like Adidas or Nike or something like that. So like they might see some value there. They might think that there could be a pickup of, you know, joining into a sport that's still growing. Um, we are kind of in a post pandemic 
lull I, it feels like where sure. the sport isn't really going down in popularity but it's kind of plateauing a little bit here because we had a big boom in 2020 so like even that might impact contracts here whether or not how much money can be shoveled towards ganon because companies might not be making the same pandemic kind of money um so like i think a company outside would have to look at ganon and see value and ganon has to be sharp enough to determine uh which companies would be approachable like he shouldn't go to Adidas because unless he's like looking for a very specific clothing brand and like trying to be a niche kind of sponsored player, he should be look if he's looking for an outside sponsor, he should be looking for the ones that he's they might find value in the sport. But right now, I think they have to be looking in. I, I can't imagine many companies looking at disc golf though. I agree, and I think that's part of the double-edged sword because I don't think we're going to have one hundred and fifty thousand dollar purse at Glow until we have outside sponsorship. Well, like you right. said, we might not have outside sponsorship until we've got $150,000 purse at D-Glow. Because one of the problems is you just you go to the PDJ.com and what do we got, 250,000 members now? Maybe close to, are we at 300,000 yet? We might be. But even so, that's a very small market to right. try to hope to get millions of dollars from, you know. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. obviously there's millions of people who play, but just looking at the numbers and trying to be a smart accountant at a big company i'm there doesn't yeah i'm working on some stuff but it's it's going to be hard to convince somebody that there's a good market for them there all right well that is all the time we've got for zach thanks so much for joining us this week mr o'haren we appreciate you we'll see you next week on uh Leppy duels so zach had some good things to say um on gannon burr and i think more importantly the a tier Michigan M states move. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he had a lot to that conversation. So yeah, um, I'm glad we had him on this week to talk about that. For those of you at home that don't know who Zach is, he's the owner of crew 42 film company here in Michigan. Yeah. Check him out on YouTube. Yeah. Crew 42 does good work. We appreciate the work he puts in. Um, but he's very involved in more of the professional side at this point with the filming, um, but in Michigan disc golf. So yeah, uh, definitely a good person to, to talk about that with. Um, as far as Gannon Burr goes, I thought you guys nailed it, I think. And what Zach said, you know, what Brian and Seth said last week on Leppy Duels, for those of you that had not watched that episode, go watch it, especially yeah. that question. Because um, mm-hmm. they brought up not just good pitches, which may or may not happen, um, but the nuances to those pitches yeah. were very good fantastic and, you know zach brought up the percentage of a company being yeah. offered again in bird that then essentially doubles overnight <clears throat> when he signs with yeah in that case gateway it's basically free for gateway yeah it's free for gateway <laughs> gannon gannon doubles his money as well yeah because now the value in his company just doubled right yeah and so i mean if you're watching and you know somebody at gateway or Franklin, uh, send them a link to that Leppy Duels, um, and even timestamp it to the to the appropriate question. Because, yeah, I think they'd I think they they'd be interested in that. So Zach kind of answered my question. Did you have any thoughts on the? Do you think Gannon needs to be the one to reach out to an outside company if yeah. he wants that, or do you think someone's reaching out to him? So I agree with Zach in the sense that it could go either way. Um, I think it would be wise of Gannon and his mom to start pursuing some of those things. Because again, like Zach said, um, 
there's probably not a company like Adidas or Coca-Cola or any of these who's going to see the value in paying Gannon a million dollars a year. But could he go out and hit the streets and find 20 sponsors who are going to give him $10,000 a year? Or 20000 or what, you know, whatever the case may be. Maybe it's not going to be one big company like Pepsi. Maybe it's going to be your local credit union and this company and this company and maybe Radio Shack. Are they still in business? Maybe they maybe they give them $10,000 a year. Who knows? But I think that might be a method for some pros in the future to start pursuing rather than trying to get it all lumped into one manufacturer. So now I'm tied down to these discs. Instead, no, I've got 10 sponsors over here that are covering all my expenses all year and I can throw whatever I want. So I'm glad you brought that up because I've had that thought for a while. I think that is a more viable sponsorship option for any pros, especially mid-level pros out there that are trying to do the tour life. Mm -hmm. I think that's a more financially stable option Mm -hmm. for you guys. Um, You're going to have to work a little bit harder in the off season in particular to find those smaller sponsors. Um, But you look at like, like a NASCAR, right? They've got one main sponsor, but their thing is just, yeah, stickers on there. Or yeah. um, you know, professional bass fishing. They were in these jerseys with thing? yeah, with a man uh, with a main uh, main sponsor, but then just a bunch of little guys on there. Yeah. That's that's I think that's the best option for especially mid mid-level pros. Yep. Um especially for a smaller sport like this. But building off of that, and I'm glad you brought that up, is is Gannon Burr and and his mom in this case with the age of Gannon and the inexperience in the professional world. Is he going to have the ability or the execution to talk to these a bunch of different companies? Or is he just sitting here as a disc golfer who loves the game, a kid who sees some dollar signs, says, hey, Ricky got a million. Paul got a million. Simon got a million. Eagle's about to re-up with Dismania coming off an injury. Who knows what he gets, but he's probably worth a million if he's playing like historic Eagle has. Mm -hmm. Kyle Klein might be due here pretty soon if he keeps winning. Um, there's a couple of names on that list, but Gannon's sitting here as the top young name in the game, clearly, yeah. saying, hey, you know, if these guys get this dollar amount, then I'm do that too from a from a manufacturer. Yep. So is that kind of his mindset, or do you think he not. has the mach- maturity? So maturity, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, we see him goofing off a lot on camera. He's a goofy kid. Um, but what he's like in his business life, none of us know. Exactly. Uh, I, he's probably a pretty smart kid, um, not just because he's homeschooled, but it probably didn't hurt. Um, sorry, I'm a homeschooled dad. Uh, <laughs> but we don't know. I don't know what it, what it is in regard to how mature he is. Um, but I'm sure he could certainly benefit from something else we've talked about in the past year or two is a good agent. And so I think that's something. Maybe it was the first episode of Luppy Duels, we talked about this, and I mentioned that I think that's an industry that needs to grow within the disc golf world. I know it has grown a little bit. There are some agents out there, um, but I think right now that's what Gannon needs most is a good agent. Someone that can go get him the deal so he doesn't have to put in the legwork. Somebody who's got the experience putting together deals and somebody who knows the questions to ask and knows how to make a proposal to uh, Burger King or something. Um, yeah, I think that would be, that would that should be his first step. 
my guess is we're way too late into that game. I mean, oh, at it's, this point, it's November. He's already got it figured out. Um, probably. No, that's another question. We'll go there. Mm-hmm. Do you think he has made a decision and they're just ironing out the details, or do you think there's two, maybe three fish still in the pond, and he's really just figuring out which one to pick? I think he's got it figured out. I didn't want to say that. I wanted to say there were a couple still hashing it out, but I think he's got it figured out. Because there's a large camp of disc golf fans around the world that think he's had this figured out since last February. That I don't know. So it does seem like, right, we, we were led to believe that there was another deal already in the works. So whether or not that deal is still valid, I don't know. That's a great question, though, that I can't wait to get the answer to. And we're not, we're trying not to speculate, but uh, yeah, what what are the chances that this is just a marketing genius by Gannon Burr and Prodigy that he's staying with Prodigy and he's staying with Prodigy? <laughs> is that like if you're gonna go percent chance, what are you saying? <coughs> what are the odds on that? I would say zero. Okay, and I would say that if that were the case, it would backfire on them so horribly that it would not. If that's if that's what you're doing right now, please stop. That's not gonna it's not gonna go well. Just throwing it out there. It's not gonna go well. I've heard the theory from multiple sources and uh I heard somebody it, say that once too, int- but it would be interesting. Don't you think that would just implode? Don't you think that would just backfire on Prodigy? There's too many there's too many things along the last ten months of the year that have happened in that relationship publicly for it to be intentional. Because there's just there's been too many digs from too each many side back and forth, yeah. that would that have destroyed company image mm-hmm. for them to recover from that, in my opinion. But I suppose I can't. I just I don't think it would be good. But no, I think that's a zero quite the long con. I think it's a zero percent chance um, that that's going to happen. All but right. I'm I'm excited to see. I can't wait. I hope an announcement comes soon. That's our that's our speculation, and we're going to stop it there. That's a good idea because. It's just speculation. And I hope the, it's gateway, though. The building of a deal is the interesting part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of seeing what he will get and how he gets it. So that's that. Thanks for tuning in this week. Yeah. Wrapping up episode 30.5 of Leppy Duels. Is that what we're calling it? The point five. It's still Caddy Chat. 24 Caddy Chat. I don't it's know. still Caddy Chat with Jake and Josh. Yeah, it is. Talking about some Leppy Duels topics. Um, but thanks for tuning in. Everybody at home, watch Lovey Duels next week. We get another great episode coming up. And uh, Josh, anything to add to close this out? Uh, the only things I'd say is I hope you all are involved in some winter leagues that you're able to get out there and play. We haven't had a lot of snow yet, so enjoy that while you can. Uh, come on out to your local winter league. Other than that, we'll see you next time. And until then, keep your head in the game.